Hello. Um, we are now at the concluding part of uh, my conversation with Kevin Motlow. Uh, and um, I apologize for the second part where we, there was no um, ending. So we're going to end, we're going to have the ending here, a conclusion to the discussion where, hello again, Kevin. And I'm going to ask you, Kevin, um, you know, there the two to five percent of people that can make it up there be a be a uh, owner of a company or running a company as an architect and then the rest will be absorbed into the uh, industry they could be a project manager or they could be um, working in the tender office uh, documentation and going to site and so on so you say that you can be a leader in whatever you do that's up that's really um so but when you come what is this trying to say to the the graduates, those young architects who do not feel like uh, pursuing architecture, uh, but they have the potential? Maybe they just be a, a bit down. They're not, you know, they're, they're getting the wrong messages. So what are the alternatives uh, to um, architecture following the usual course in architecture, you know, going into... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the problem is this. Because we are all taught in schools to become designers, to become successful designers, we feel that we don't fit in anymore if we are not one, you see. And that's the biggest problem. We, we feel depressed. We feel um, um, insufficient. We feel that we can't live up to any promise because of what society or what architectural education has made us believe. And that's all wrong. You see, in, in the course of my um, work, uh, education work and all that, I've been involved with every aspect of the profession. You know, I deal with clients. I, 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 I used to write my own uh, bills. Now clients don't, don't request it of me because I, uh, they've got quantity severe or they trust me not to, not to run away with their money. Yeah, I have I visited the, the, the submissions office. I've done submission drawings. I find I do better work when I do submission drawings because I start editing and changing the design as I'm doing the submission drawings. I, I'm on site supervising construction. If there's a, a meeting that requires an immediate answer, I attend a meeting. I don't send an employee along to go. I do it. I, I'm right at the meeting and I give them all the drawings and sketches they need as they are asked at the meeting. So I don't bring home work from my meetings right, to leave more time for other things. So I've been involved on through every aspect of the profession. I know how wires should be run. I know about distribution boxes. I know about plumbing. I know about the things which are the most boring things in architecture. But you see, when you start trying to understand what the entire building process is about, you not only understand what you must do better, you understand how to become a more complete thinker, not just as an architect. You become a better contractor. You become a better project manager. You become a better human being. You become multifaceted and you become very, very versatile. Now, even if you're not made to be versatile, to be the best project manager, what does that entail? We don't know because no one's asked the question. We all want to be bloody designers. What does it mean to be the best design development architect in the world? We don't know because we're too busy trying to be designers. We don't want to be develop the design. What does it mean to be 
the greatest conceptual architect in the world. Oh, that one we all know because we all want to be conceptual architects, leaving the job of everything else to someone else. Let me tell you, you can't be a great conceptual architect if you don't know how to design develop and you don't know how to be a good project manager. You'll be half an architect. And I can prove it by talking about architects like Bjarke Ingel, Zaha Hadid. Maybe this requires another session. Yeah. And the problem is you think they're all, they produce, always produce great work because none of you have studied, really critically studied any one of their buildings. We are not taught in school to study the buildings of our icons. We are only taught how good they are, what wonderful solutions they are, and we learn to copy and behave like our iconic godlike architects. That's rubbish because they're human beings like you and me. They make mistakes. You want to copy all the mistakes too? That's stupid, isn't it? Now, the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm talk, saying this is because you've got to start looking at, at architecture in a holistic way. It isn't one or the other. It's many, many, many things. And it's very difficult to become good at all of them. But the sooner you get to understand that you cannot be a good project manager unless you know about services and you can't be a great designer if you don't know about everything. Most of the great designers you see out there who are successful, they're not great designers. They're not great critical designers. They're just successful, famous designers. Good at creating beautiful form that you've never seen before that looks very cool and hip and green sometimes. Yeah, But they may not be good critical designers. And you don't know that because you've not studied the, the buildings that you admire so much. <coughs> so whatever you decide if you, after years of trying, and I'm not saying when years of trying, I don't mean in school. I mean, when you start working, yeah, <laughs> I'm 58. I have the right to say I've tried a lot of things already. You cannot say that if you're 28, okay? you got to be working very hard because it takes a long time to be a good architect. And after many years of trying, if you find you can't be a truly good critical design architect, it's perfectly all right to be a great design developer. Someone who's incredibly good, alternatively, at detail or at project management or at designing services in such a way they are a dream to service if your father or mother were ever, ever servicing it. Now, how many of us think of work that way? That it is a pride and joy, not just of what it looks like as a sculpture or a bloody beautiful painting, but how it actually ages, how it's actually run, how it actually delivers water, heats it lights your room, darkens it, allows fresh air in. We don't think about these things because they are not important to how beautiful something is. Well, let me tell you, the most beautiful woman or man in the world means nothing if they don't have a wonderful mind that you can talk to the whole night and a wonderful heart that knows how to treat you with a kind of dignity and respect worthy, deserving of any human being. Yeah, but we talk about that. We laugh at Miss Universe competitions. How many of us behave as though we want our buildings to participate in these silly beauty contests? And yet that's how all of us, we, we, we are hypocrites, yeah? We criticize beauty, and yet that's all we see, not looking at the meat of what something really is, the critical content of what it is. We just look at stylish form. We don't care about things that really matter. Sorry, I've gone on for too long. No, no. Uh, can we conclude that why are there less 
so of people like you who are more critical and voice out these things when we ask questions people usually shy away and afraid to rock the boat because, uh, I mean, the truth because we don't read enough i've read a lot i read a lot when i was young my parents are really good they they, they 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 inculcated this habit of reading with me and and i i, I credit my mom she was more she was more so than my dad but my dad read many books so after a certain age i was reading his books and then when I went to university, I was reading so, books that my teachers were telling me about. Some were rubbish. Many were very good. Yeah, and then I started finding my, my, my own authors. And when I say read, I don't mean boring books just about architectural history or structures only. I'm not saying only one kind of books. I'm saying every kind of book. You know, in, in French high school, every French person that goes to French, and school in France is free, okay? So everyone that goes to school in France before they graduate from high school, before they turn 18 years old, they have read all the most revered critical writers, you know, whether it's Rimbaud, the poet, whether it's uh, Maurice Merleau-Ponty, whether it's uh, um, um, uh, um, 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 oh God, I forget. But they've read them all. And these authors did not write about about childish boy and girl love they didn't write about about little holidays to the country no they wrote about the human condition they wrote about about uh, um, um, different classes of human beings why are some treated with more uh, privilege why are others not treated so pr more privileged they wrote about economics and how uh, um, societies are created when through through mutual agreement to uh, to common uh, 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 paradigms, common beliefs that then became laws. They write about the things which govern all of society, right? This is before the age of 18. Can you believe it? So I think the reason why there are not more thinkers in the world is not because there are more stupid people in the world. It's not because the lowest common denominator is so herd-like. They'll all jump off a cliff if their leader jumps off a cliff. It isn't that. I believe that every human being is intelligent as 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 is as, 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 as intelligent as the greatest minds the planet has ever known, and this includes Einstein. The reason why they do not become greater people is because they bloody choose to follow and don't put the effort into discovering who they are and whether or not they can lead. Because let me tell you, if each one of you tried that. And that's the whole objective of my wanting to be a teacher is that I want more, all of you to be greater people than anyone else that was great that ever lived. Greater and better than Einstein. Greater and better than, and, than all of those crummy businessmen because you're no longer doing it for money. You're doing it for true society and true progress for, uh, for, for, for the planet. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. That's why I... We or the students inspire from you because of your true teacher. And I've forgotten about that. And that's the conclusion, actually, uh, that I've known all about you all these years working with you, that teacher in you, which is priceless, you know, very valuable. And um, so uh, I would like one to. One other thing, you know. Yes, go on. If you want to really, if you really want to destroy someone, praise them. It's a Sufi proverb. You know, praise is a very bad thing because it makes you think that everything's okay. No, if you no, really no. want to compliment someone, yeah. criticize them because they learn. Oh, you're all right. F word coming out. 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Sufism is very interesting. And um, I was I like to conclude in a way that it's about facets and that you're not just one person, one facet of yourself that you need to deal with, but multifaceted. And I, I think that was one of the words that I, you know, when you said you love reading and by the age of 18, you were reading everything. That, no, no, not me. The the French education. The French, I'm sorry, you you're reading a lot of books, and there's something that I haven't done like you did, which was reading anything. You know, I I choose what to everything, read. everything. So, yeah, everything. So that is the multifacetedness, which is important for someone who is a thinker and able to do so as you have. And you, we we can hear you articulating, you know, your thoughts, and they are from much reading. So with that. <laughs> It's like going, sorry, it's like going to a new restaurant. You don't know how good it is till you go for it. How do you know that that book is something you won't like? Because it's not the kind of book you like to read, you know? You won't know and it'll be, you'll be surprised how amazing, how delicious a new book can be and how well-informed a new meal can be, yeah? <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, anything else you'd like to one No, last? that's it. Thank yeah. you very much for having me on. You have a good weekend ahead. Yeah. And good to talk with you again, yeah? You too, Kevin. Great talking to 